James Ennis III joined the 76ers for the home stretch of last season and made an immediate impact. Tipped by Ennis, up and good. He owns the offensive glass. With a fresh new contract in hand, what has the veteran been up to this offseason? I just want to be the best player I can be, so whatever is missing, you want to help fill that spot in, and also you want to be as best as I can be at the things I'm good at, so that's what I really focus on. We talk about hoops, dogs, and Merces, of course. Yes, Merces with James Ennis III on this episode of The Broadcast. What's going on out there, 76ers pod people? How are you? Brian Seltzer here, thanking you as always for taking the time out of your busy life schedule to listen to our podcast. A reminder that to follow us or to subscribe to our feed, type in Sixers Podcast Network on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or anywhere else that you listen to your pods. This time of year, it is typically quiet times around practice facilities throughout the NBA. But this week, it was great to see a familiar face in James Ennis III throughout the hallways of the 76ers training complex. Ennis III was acquired by the 76ers at the trade deadline this past winter from the Houston Rockets for a future second-round pick. And then a couple days into free agency, he re-signed with the 76ers on a brand-new deal. I thought he really made his presence felt down the home stretch of last season. It seemed like whenever he came in, he usually brought high energy on both ends of the court, whether it was with his explosive dunks at the rack his defensive presence, some of the block shots he ended up coming with, and he was a really great citizen to have inside the 76ers locker room. The Ventura, California native has spent the bulk of his summer out in Southern California, but he was at the training complex this week, and we had the chance to sit down and talk about, as I tease in the open, a whole host of topics. So here's our conversation with James Ennis III. James, first of all, great to see you around these parts, man. How are you doing? Thanks. Nice to see you guys, too. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So for me, you can tell me how it is for you. When a season ends, I feel like I personally, and I'm not nearly doing anything close to as strenuous as you guys are out there on the court, mm-hmm. I feel like my mind needs some time to decompress, unwind a little bit. But then around this time as we get to Labor Day, juices start flowing again, that excitement's back. Tell me where you're at not even physically, but mentally at this stage of the offseason, where training camp's kind of getting closer? Uh, I'm excited, you know. Um, like like I said, summer flew by, you know, obviously working so hard, you know, the time flies. And just like you said, um, it's, it's around the corner. And um, I can't wait, you know. Um, I think we're going to do really good this year. We have a lot of talent on this team from the first player to the last player on the bench, you know. Uh, everybody can contribute, so um, I'm excited to get this going. After last season, and especially the way it ended, did you need to remove yourself from basketball for a little bit, however long it was, or did it have the opposite effect? Did it fire you up right at that moment and looking ahead to the next season? Uh, It actually fired me up right away, Um, so I really didn't get no time off. I think I took one vacation this summer, probably for like five days, and all I've been doing is just working, 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 and try to get better, you know, and try to be the best player I can be. I'm going to ask you about the work, but I also want to know, where'd you go? I went to the Bahamas. Nice. Yeah. So I went out there, um, 
swam with the sharks, did that, uh, feed the pigs, did that, you know, for the first time. So it was, it was cool, good experience. It's funny, like, I would almost think that if you do something as much as you guys as professional basketball players do it, it would probably have to feel funny after a few days if you're not on a basketball court, yeah. right? Or you're not working on your body. You don't have a basketball in your hand. Exactly. You're like, man, what am I doing? I'm being lazy. But obviously you need some time sometimes get your mind right. Take me inside some of the workouts that you've been involved with. What are some of the things that you've focused on? Uh, I focused on a lot of just the ball in my hands, pick and roll, just shooting off the dribble, stuff like that, coming off screen shooting. I know because um, I know we lost JJ, um, his shooting. So I know I have to increase my percentage. So I put a lot of a lot of hours in for my shot to you know be more consistent. Has it always been like that for you that you tailor your off-season program to the needs of the team that you're going to be on? How do you strike the balance between working on the skills that obviously mm-hmm. would need to fit the 76er system, mm-hmm. and then just general things that you want to see evolve and develop in your own game? Yeah, um, I have, you know, I just want to be the best player I can be. So definitely um, whatever is missing, you want to, you know, help um, fill that spot in. And also you want to just um, be as best as I can be at the things I'm good at. So that's what I really focus on. I don't really try to do things I don't do in, <laughs> in the NBA. I just I focus on the things that I'm going to do on this team and what my role is and what, what um, you know, what I can do. Where do you think your game is at right now? You're a veteran player. You've had so many different types of experiences in the sport. Where do you see your game at right now at this stage of your career heading into 2019-20? I think I'm in my prime right now. Uh, I feel really good. Um, I feel like this is going to be a good year for for me. Um, Yeah, my body feels great. My My mind's good, and that's a big key, you know, is just your mind being free and you know just focus on that one thing any free agent has options why did you think that you at this juncture of your career right now made the most sense to return and come back here um i love philly you know i love i love the coaching staff i love just air just the whole team do guys know about philadelphia before like let's say you're on another team like mm-hmm. what is the reputation of philadelphia um from an outsider's view because it's interesting i mean you said that you really like it here and i think mike scott talked about this mm-hmm. as well just even in a very short period of time there's a connection that's mm-hmm. created is it something that you don't really know about the city until you're here and you play here it's like a hard no city you know everybody's tough here um like like you said charles barkley tough iris and tough so players who came through Philly, you know, they're really tough players, and um, they they put their body on the line, and that's and that's what I love about it. You like many players in the NBA. You've spent a good chunk of your time during the off season out in Southern California, in and around Los Angeles. What's the scene like out there, and how valuable is it to be within that environment as you work on your game in the off season? Well, it's nice, you know, good weather, um, you know, got the beaches, stuff like that, and um, just it's good to. I have a lot of family over there and um just being around my family and seeing them every day and, and just handling my business, you know, on the court, you know. This what it's about. You got to see a couple teammates out there? Yeah. Out there? Yeah, I worked, at, I worked out with Mike, Mike Scott a little bit and I actually um, spent time with Ben. 
and um, you know, because Ben's one of my closest friends on the on this team. So we kept that connection when season was over. How, how did that connection begin? Where did it start from? Do you think for you guys? Um, probably because he's from <laughs> he's from Australia. You know, you know, I I lived in Australia, so it was like a little connection right there. That's how how it all began. Just so the Australian connection. Were you guys talking about familiar places, restaurants, things in and around the country, or uh, just, you know, just, how did that happen? Just different things, like just different things uh, they do in Australia, like the different types of food. Just just little little questions like that, you know. You're a guy who's been around the league. You've played with some of the top players in the game. From a veteran's perspective, what stood out about Ben to you when you got to know him more last year as a teammate? You know, Ben. Ben's a Ben's a really good teammate, you know, he obviously he's a he's a point guard, he you know, he's a general, you know, head of the head of the snake. Um, he's a really good really good teammate, um, you know, plays hard every time he steps on the floor. Um he's not selfish, you know, put guys before him, you know, just being on the side of him, you know, I know we have a good chance. He talked about his leadership growth at the end of last season. I think it might have been the day after the Game 7 loss. There's probably so much stuff that, that outsiders, whether you're a fan or a member of the media, even in the media, like how close we are that we don't see. What are what are some of the things that Ben does that makes him an effective head of the snake, as, as you just said? Passes, you know, just him being 6'9", six, 6'10", six, six, handling the ball like that, you know, kind of reminds you of uh, Magic a little bit. Of course, I have to ask you about a comment that you made at your end-of-season press conference about you and Ben and the dogs. Tell me about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, ben has more dogs than me, but uh, Ben just bought another dog. I think he has, like, five five dogs now. I'm about to get my second cane corso. So he talked me into getting my first cane corso because he had one. I was like, he's like, yeah, it gets, it, the dog gets really big. You know, it's really protective. And I was like, oh, yeah. Since I'm a big person, I'm going to get a big dog that, you know, can protect the home. So I um, fell in love with the dog. I love him. His name's Hustle. Uh, I'm about to get him a, a girlfriend soon. So see how that goes. Nice. Good for Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you had dogs throughout your life? Have you always been a pet guy? Uh, not really. Um, I, had, I had a dog when I was in college, and I had uh, my daughter had a Yorkie, so... Uh, the Yorkie always been around, so now I am. Now I'm a pet person. So for someone like myself who really does not know anything about dogs outside the type of dogs that my parents had when I was growing up, what type of dog is a King Corso dog? It's a big, massive dog, really laid back. Um, you know, really, they use it for hunting back then. I feel like I can envision now this this movement on Sixers twitter or sixers social media where people may start scouting out dog parks in and around <laughs> town and being like when am i going to see james ennis third and ben simmons walking their dogs like the dog run down by the schuylkill river park or something like that i kind of feel like that you <laughs> yeah. never know what the fans will do facts um one really awesome thing james that you did this summer was you put on a camp free of charge for participants what was the inspiration and motivation behind doing that what gave you that idea uh, actually, my father had gave me an idea. Um, my dad told me um, I should do a, a free camp where I grew up playing at. And um, West Park was one of the um, gyms I grew up, you know, playing at um, every day after school. That's where I went with my friends, stuff like that. 
but the biggest thing is, you know, just giving back to the youth, you know, because I, I didn't have that when I was young around that area. So just, I feel like just me by going there, you know, inspires other other kids and stuff like that and give hope to um, people around there. This isn't to imply that others who play basketball professionally, your peers, don't work hard for it. But I remember reading the piece that Lauren Rosen, who works for us, did on you earlier in the season. Like, mm-hmm. you really had to work to get there. Your path was in no way linear to where you were to where you are now. I mean, i got to think that's got to be such a cool feeling, especially not only to give back, but to do it in a place that has meaning and significance to what your journey has been. Exactly, because once I went in that gym, I was like, man, it brought back so many memories. Uh, a lot of sweat, tears in there. Um, wanted to give up quite a bit because of the path I took. But, you know, I just stayed, stayed with it from, for my family. And just a lot of my family members came to support me and uh, put a big smile on my dad's face. And, you know, that's what it's about, though, just seeing him happy. You know, he's been through so much. And just for me to do that, you know, just, you know, a pat on my back. This team right now, I mean, obviously people have talked a lot about uh, your comments, your confidence in this group. But i, I got to think that your comments about the whole Eastern Conference coming out of the East thing, you wouldn't have made those comments if you didn't truly believe that this team had a chance to do that. I mean, you're not that type of guy who just throws words out there to, to do that. I mean, it seems like you've got to have a pretty good sense of confidence about this team. I definitely do have a lot of confidence about this team. Like, you know, just – that last game, game seven, you know, lucky bounce. We we go home, go overtime, we win. Then play Milwaukee, we win. Then we win the championship because I believe we're better than Milwaukee last year. And just you know, things happen. You know, we have a another. We have a good team this year. Uh, we lost Jimmy and we lost JJ. You know, really good players, good teammates. Um, brought in Josh. Um, got in. Zaire is getting better. Benjuel, you know, brought, brought in Al. Tobias getting better. Everybody working hard. So, I believe. The roster experienced turnover, but it's funny because the expectations, I initially want to say, have remained the same, but it's almost like they're going up even another level surrounding mm-hmm. this team. How do you think this group is going to be different from last year in terms of style of play, given some of the personnel you added, the guys that, that you just rattled off the top of the head? I feel like our offense will be a lot different just because we don't have that J.J. Redick run-off-screens type player. Um, but I feel like we're still going to, you know, put up high numbers still. We have a lot of people who can shoot the ball. And, um, you know, Josh is a really good shooter. Um, I played with him when I, he was a rookie in, in Miami. I know he's in, he had a big upside. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to see what he, what he brings to this table. And from where I sit thinking about it, you are back, Mike Scott's back. You add more seasoned veterans like Kyle O'Quinn, Howell Nato, Trey Burke. I mean, there's some real depth to this team. Not to say that last year's group didn't have it, but there's some guys who have really been around the league for a while. Jonah with another year under his belt. I mean, I, I feel like the depth of this team could be something that you guys have to work with as well. Oh, yeah. Everybody – Everybody's excited. Everybody's ready to go. Um, talking to a few players, um, everybody can't wait to you know start training camp and get this train going. It's going to be a fun year. What happens between now and the time that you guys get on the court for training camp at the beginning of October for you? For me, um, go back to Cali, continue to work on my game, 
continue to get in the best shape possible before training camp because I don't like getting in shape during training camp. I like to be in fit when training camp starts. That's how I am. Love it. Can I ask you one more thing? Do we call this a fanny pack, the the carrying bag? Because I, I feel like it's <laughs> – No, it's a Merce. Let me tell you, I, I think the Merce could have far more utility than a fanny pack. Like the fanny pack, it's, it's an cool. interesting thing, you know. But the Merce, I feel like these days if you have a bigger phone or you're carrying around like an iPad or whatever it is, yeah. like you need more space than just – what your pockets can provide. I agree. Everybody has their own taste, you know, you know what they like, the style they like to wear. Um, for me, I like the Merce. I have, a, like, two fanny packs, but I obviously use this, uh, my Merce more than a fanny pack. Can you take us inside? Like, what are the go-to items that you might or even would want to be willing to share about what goes in the James Ennis III Merce? Uh, cologne. You put a brush, charger, wallet, money. Uh, you put a lot of things in their Bible. And you don't have to strain your back. <laughs> Not at That's all. That's the beauty of it. You know, why, why bog yourself down with a backpack when you can just sling it over your shoulder? All right, I suppose we'll end it on that. James, great seeing you, man. Nice seeing you, too. James Ennis third insights on the upcoming 76ers season, takes on male apparel accessories. Sometimes the best stuff doesn't come till the very uh, – <laughs> End of the interview, but uh, no. Great catching up with James, and really awesome to hear about what he was doing earlier in the summer to give back to the area that he grew up in with his free basketball camp. Just some really good stuff. Thanks to James Ennis for taking the time to talk. Thank you, as always, for listening. All righty, enjoy Labor Day weekend. Talk to you next time here on the broadcast.